0: THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Listen nerds like you and floating bunny head creator Jonathan Sims. Head to Skelenot.com today to see John's comics, shirts, art prints, and more. That's S-K-E-L-E-N-A-U-T.com. Ah, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Oh, Casting from the ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it's our pleasure to welcome you to episode 542 of the Two-Headed Nerd
1: comic book podcast. Nerds, my
0: name is Matt Baum.
1: Wow. Yeah. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick in this week's episode. It's not every day a publisher turns 1,000 years old. So we're doing a special joint spotlight review of Marvel Comics number 1,000.
0: After that, we'll review 10 more of this and last week's comics while we draft our Avengers team for this year's Fantasy League during Ludicrous Speed Round. Then it's down to the T-Gen Sanctum Sanctorum, where we'll be having a small intervention for our friend Joe Patrick before talking about our must-read picks for next week. And finally... Kid Harrington is coming to the Marvel Universe, but he ain't Wolvie! Our very own Jason Sachs is here for the Black Knight edition of Who the Hell Is This Guy? It's all happening on this sword and sorcery inspired episode, but first we better talk about this week's we
1: Alright, let's get serious. Entertainment reporter (laughs) It's a terrible way for us to start Let's get (laughs) serious Get your mind in the right zone Entertainment reporter and Comics Alliance founder Laura Hudson has accused writer Brian Wood Of sexual harassment and assault Hudson tweeted the allegation against Wood in a longer thread. Quote, his name was Brian Wood, and I worshipped him at the time. If you think this is going to go badly, you are correct.
0: They never start like this when they go well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I went into a bar with him, and he grabbed me and forced me into a kiss. And quote. After the encounter, Hudson said that she went to the bathroom and looked him up on Wikipedia to see if he was married. He was. She alleges that after the bar, Wood texted her for weeks and repeatedly asked her to have sex, which she refused. How desperate
0: are you in this point? Like, I'm a sex addict. I get it,
1: you know, but, like, I'm not marching around me. like,
0: hey, I couldn't help but notice you bumped into me, you
1: know? I I don't know. (laughs) This comes years after similar accusations of predatory behavior made against Wood by artist Tess Fowler in 2013. At the time, Wood admitted to having, quote, made a pass at Fowler, but denied any accusations of harassment or abuse. Hudson further alleged that the day Fowler posted her accusations, Wood emailed Hudson to talk about his knees and how much she loves rock climbing, which Hudson also enjoys. What? She claims the email came out of the blue and believes it was motivated by Wood trying to keep her from posting her own accusations. So he's just like,
0: hey... You know what my niece likes? Hey, how you doing here? Wow, hey, did you watch watch the season finale of Lost this week? My niece loves rock climbing.
1: (laughs) Shortly after, Fowler went public with her accusations, Anne Sherbina, who worked in a comic shop in the 90s and at DC between 2000 and 2002, also accused Wood of making a pass at her and then threatening her career when she said no. Sherbina alleged that Wood retaliated by posting a blind item to a column indicating that she provided sexual favors in the D.C. stockroom. Good Lord. What the fuck? This week, Dark Horse has announced it will not be working with Brian Wood on any new projects and that the upcoming Aliens Colonial Marines rising threat ongoing has been canceled. The statement came in response to the beat, reaching out to the publisher for comment. Rising Threat was scheduled to debut September 18th. The publisher already has solicited several collections of Woods, creator own projects for the fall and the final issue of Aliens Rescue in October.
0: Let's be real honest. Woods' latest aliens have not been great. So not a huge loss there. (laughs) I mean, but I don't let's there's one thing I want to clear up real quick, because a lot of people are saying not a lot of people. There are some people. That have responded to this by saying, well, What's wrong with hitting on chicks, man? You know what's look, nothing's wrong with hitting on chicks. I got no problem with that. You wanna do all while you're married. That's your business. No problem with it. When you start threatening people and their jobs, when you start abusing the power that you're in. It's right. one thing you'd be like, hey baby, you wanna do this? And they say no. You respectfully go, My bad, and you leave.
1: Right. You know, and that's how that and works. This was years ago before Laura Hudson was right. a name in the industry and she didn't know what to do she idolized wood sure he's known for writing like excellent female characters right and this is the person he's been revealed
0: the, the, to be and the first time this shit comes up there will always be a little doubt in some people's minds like well did they or didn't they i don't know it's just one story Yeah, when it comes up two more goddamn times yeah right you know and you get the same kind of story behind it the same kind of right you know this beat this beat and then this beat and then this beat the dude is a creep.
1: Yes, and I'm Chances sorry. Chances are
0: the dude's a fucking creep. If
1: you kiss somebody without their consent, that is assault. Right.
0: Right. I do it so, to you all the time. Yeah, and, and you I get don't a, like it. It's too late though. Well, You've let it happen for way too long and I now guess. you're playing the victim. So Ugh. that's your hug. The point um, here, now another thing we need to consi- talk about is there's no reason that you cannot say, Hey, I thought DMZ was a great story. It is. It's a very good story. Sure. It just happened to be written by a creep.
1: But whether or you know? not you whether or not you can separate the art from the artist, or whether or not you want to separate the art that's your business. from the artist is a personal decision. Yes. Um, but it needs to be known, th- when this kind of behavior uh, comes out, like, that Tess Fowler stuff, it vanished. Right. Six years later, when was the last time anybody well, it mentioned came it? came
0: up. He said he was sorry, but it wasn't really like that, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But it didn't really go like that, but I am sorry. Yeah. Right. And we all went, uh, Right. You know, it was weird. It was just fucking weird. But then we all kind of moved
1: along. And so. while the, this does seem like a... a a good move on Dark Horse's part. They have a history of sheltering abusers in their company. Scott Alley was the editor-in-chief. The same shit happened with him, and they just kind of shuffled him into a corner. Yeah. And let him keep editing Hellboy. He co-writes Hellboy sometimes. I think he's finally gone. I don't think he's there anymore. Yeah, he's not there anymore. Like, for years. So, yeah, the industry... Do better. It is not hard. It is not hard to not be a scumbag.
0: Yeah. No. I totally agree. And and in situations like this, it's good they got out in front of it and they cut it off. And and you just yeah, kind of have to. Okay. Yeah. And it, again, this is not like a one-time thing where it's like a case of he said, she said. We don't know. Three goddamn accusations right. now with three very similar stories from fle- three completely separate people. Right. I mean. It's time for Brian Wood to go away.
1: And yeah, and if like you said if you use your status as an industry figure to hold down That is the problem. others not hitting on
0: girls. Whatever. Hit on girls. Good luck. That's how, you know, babies are made. I get it. But you got to be respectful. You got to do it the right way and you don't get to lord your fucking position over anybody, okay? Yeah. So don't act like it's a slippery slope cuz it's not.
2: In other news,
0: apparently The Flash movie is still
1: a thing. (laughs) I'm as surprised as anyone.
0: It should have been, the Flash movie is still a thing, colon, and I don't care. It director, that is the movie, It. Yes. Not like the, now, the It director. Yeah. It director, Andy Muschietti. Is that his name? Muschietti? I'm going to call him Andy Muschietti. Andy. Has (laughs) confirmed, he'll direct Warner (laughs) Brothers' long in development Flash movie, telling Fandango, not the wrestler Fandango, but the website Fandango. Is there a wrestler named Fandango? Yeah. And he does this little dance thing. He's sexy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He told the website Fandango simply, yup, when asked if it would be (laughs) his next film following It, Chapter 2. The veteran horror movie director also clarified that his pedigree likely would not inform the tone of The Flash, which is good because we don't need a Flash horror movie. Machete is the latest director to take on the film following a string of filmmakers who exited the project for a variety of reasons that we have talked about. The plot for the planned film is still unknown, but it's presumed to star Ezra Miller in the lead role. Didn't he walk? No. I thought
1: Miller, why? Oh, no, he's he's the one that's like, yep, still happening. I wrote a script. I I wrote a a script with Grant Morrison, guys. Let's get going.
0: Reprising his role as Barry Allen from the ill-fated Justice League, who a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, you guys just buy an ill-fated nothing. Wait till we see that Snyder Cut. Then you're going to change your mind. (laughs) Warner Brothers has not announced a release date for the film. You want to know why? It's not going to get made. It's not going to get made. (laughs) This is not going to happen. Uh, DC has now learned their lesson. We want standalone films. That's where we think could we well, I mean, make our money? I mean, they could make a standalone Flash film with Ezra Miller. That's they fine. They could, but you're also, I mean, the Aquaman thing was already done. They can't fuck with Wonder Woman because they already made a bunch of money on it, and it's literally the only critical success they've had. So they've got to do that if they're smart at all. They're going to shy away well, from Shazam. This shit.
1: Shazam as well. Shazam, but,
0: yeah, didn't make as much money, but it was a critical success, yeah. and it did make some money. I. It, I just think you can't mess with this anymore. You gotta walk away from it and do what you do. This Joker movie looks like it's gonna be great. Who I fucking know knows where movie. it takes place and what it's supposed to be? I don't care. Yeah. Looks like it's gonna be filmed well, looks like it's gonna be fun. And I think that is where their bread is I buttered and they gotta know is the it.
1: Word I would use Yeah, like feel bad
0: fun, you okay, know. Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I I thought Ezra Miller Played his part well in Justice League. I mean, but did. it wasn't Barry Allen. No,
0: he did what he, did. he was just some kid that ran fast and had yeah. a stupid costume. The costume was bad. Oh, yeah. was so
1: I have nothing against Ezra Miller, the actor, if he's upset, also if he's like super into playing the Flash. He was
0: really really serious. And then later on,
1: he got a little funny. <laughs> well, he was a little. Ju- he was a little like. Uh, they changed a qu- a the tone. Yeah, I don't. I don't care.
0: Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> they've they've lost us. They're too far away from it. You either need to double down, just be like, no, yes, these are the movies right. you
1: get, or stop it. Push forward with it, show me some results, right. then I'll start to think about it. But right now, fuck off. Do I don't want to talk about it. From the rumor desk, rumors have begun to surface that DC Comics plans to replace Bruce Wayne as Batman. Batman. Apparently, the DC Universe will believe that Bruce Wayne has died, but readers will know he's alive working behind the scenes mentoring the new Batman.
0: So he's going to get injured really bad or something? Uh,
1: We'll talk about it. Citing unnamed but quote unquote prominent sources. Oh, shit. They're always unnamed. Yeah, and prominent. Yeah, Rich Johnston (laughs) of Bleeding Cool writes that a black man will take up the mantle in the summer of 2020. However, that man will not be Batman's latest protege, Duke Thomas who currently stars in Batman and the Outsiders as The Signal. Potential characters suggested following Bleeding Cool's post range from the well-known uh, depowered Black Lightning somehow. Dumb. To the obscure, the other-dimensional Gentleman from earlier in Tom King's run. No. I had not look that up. No. To the absolutely absurd Wayne Williams from Just Imagine Stan Lee Creating the Batman. Okay. All right. Uh, Come on. Occasional (laughs) co-host Dave DeMarco calls him Bruce (laughs) Batmanicus. Bruce Batmanicus? Bruce Batmanicus. However, Johnston has been told that Luke Fox, son of Batman confidant Lucius Fox, is the current favorite. Of course. That's the only one that makes barely
0: makes any sense.
1: Right. Uh, Fox, a.k.a. Batwing, was last seen as part of the team put together by Batman and Batwoman in James Tinian the Four's run on Detective Comics. Wearing
0: a really stupid costume. Well, he's Batwing. It was still dumb. Whatever. It was a
1: dumb costume at the time. Gotta admit, that's a great run of comics, though.
0: It was a great run. His costume was dumb,
1: it's just armored Batman. What's so dumb about it? Dumb little wings and shit. It was dumb, coincidentally or not. This character is set to appear on the CW's upcoming Batwoman series, played by Camrus Johnson. Neither here nor there. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's nothing nothing to do with it it at all. Nothing to do with it. Uh, no word though on how this rumored change will influence or spin out of the announced conclusion of Tom King's Bat epic in the 12-issue Batman Catwoman series. Now, Remember that that's still
0: happening. Let's go back in time. Remember Tom King yes. saying I'm gonna do something so big that it's gonna change Batman. <laughs> and then they went Tom King's not on Batman anymore. And we were like oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AT&T got pissed about that. We're like no he's getting a 12-issue series called Batman and Catwoman where they're gonna go hey Bat hey Cat. You know for like 12 <laughs> issues or whatever. Uh,
1: but that super controversial thing was supposed to have already happened. I
0: think this is the thing he's going to do.
1: So what I'm thinking is, uh, Batman, Batman Catwoman is 12 issues. It starts in January. Mm-hmm. If it runs biweekly, or bi-monthly, whichever the term is, I think it's bi-weekly. Month monthly. Uh, if it runs twice monthly, deuce th- monthly. Then it right. <laughs> then it will be done in time for this summer event. Yeah. But if it runs all year, then that timing is weird. What
0: if it is a series that takes place somewhere in between? whatever is going to happen to batman in the pages of batman and this new thing like it is just like here's what else they were doing or maybe. something or it's like future past future past type thing i mean oh well, maybe it's a real hotpot situation this is absolutely what tom king is doing this is the big thing
1: This has Uh, to be it. I think the big thing was the Alfred thing.
0: No, get out of here. Because you even said Alfred's not dead. You were like, no way.
1: Okay, hell. Spoiler alert. Spoilers for last week's Batman. Was it last week's Batman or this week's Batman? Two weeks ago, I think. I think it was just last week. Just last last week, week.
0: yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, because I was getting on the plane and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were texting about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, And you were like, no, no, he's not dead. So that's another rumor at Bleeding Cool at the moment is that. The plan was for it to be what I said, a psycho pirate trick to manipulate the Bat family, Damien, whoever. Um, But now he's hearing rumors that, like, response was so strong to it that DC's like, it's canon. We're keeping
0: Alfred dead. Okay, maybe they did make that choice. I still don't think that's the thing, because, look, I love Alfred. You love Alfred. That is not a big earth shattering like bat event that's going to change Batman forever. How many people in his life have already died?
1: Sure. Come on. I don't know. So this is my speculation. This is my total speculation about this uh, uh, chain of events. Uh, I think that Batman will retire with Catwoman for a while. I think that they're actually going to get married. Maybe. And that Bruce Wayne will step out of the role and mentor Luke as the new Batman. Or
0: check this out. Stay with me. He had a kid with a woman a long time ago who just happens to be black also has an eye patch. Comes out of nowhere, <laughs> right? And we've got Black Nick Fury. I mean, Batman. <laughs>
1: you mean Bruce Wayne Junior. Yes, pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's fine. Luke Fox is a fine character. Sure, sure, sure. And is it going to be
0: permanent? No. No. So settle of down. Not. Yeah, it's just like
1: <laughs> oh, oh, i a social Johnson bolt. Settle the fuck down. But this is why I love. It's not going to be permanent. This is why I love con season. It's like. While well, we were at the bar, and so and so had one too many drinks and said something it shouldn't have, yeah. and you Rich Johnson. fired me! <laughs> anyway,
0: I not Black Batman! I fucking said it! Fuck you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Get him out of here. Uh, uh, and then yeah. rich Johnson's
1: like, excuse me, what was that you just said? Right, yeah, <laughs> that sounds just like <laughs> him. <laughs> uh, this will be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be it's fine. It's all part of some long drawn out bullshit. we all have been
0: doing is shaking up Batman. It Honestly, I think it's great. Batman needed a shake-up rather than just like, think about how long we've just had. Batman, well, he's a dick. You know, like, he's an asshole. Sure, right. This is, like, real shake-up stuff. They made him get married. They killed, maybe killed Alfred. I don't know. He's going to retire for a while. That is great shake-up stuff. Yeah. This is why we read comics, kids. He went back in okay? time and became a
1: caveman. You know, sure. these things happen. It happens. Yeah. The week, but I'm sure we missed plenty of other stories. While taking bets on the identity of Black Batman, and right now you can get in on Lucius Fox at twenty-five to one. That
0: is a steal, folks. Okay, so hit I'm it's not up. saying it's a lock. I'm just saying it's a solid bet. Yeah, you know, right? You, you, My money's something, on Lucia's. Something. My money's on Lucius. joke. If they introduce a brand new character, no, they won't. I'm fucking pissed. They won't. They okay. won't. They won't.
1: So. Hit us up on the THN forum's big news section, or better yet, tune in to Cover to Cover Live every Saturday, where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 11 a.m. to noon Central Time. It's like Loveline, but for nerds with more steel and rock penis questions.
0: Yeah. You know, like,
1: hey, um,
0: I'm asking for a friend, but
1: uh, he's got a rock penis, and yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like Ben's weird, you know, like, is that normal? So call us at 402-819-48... Play. My rat penises bend weird. I mean, that's just, you know, <laughs> what <my> penises do. <laughs> Is that your Dr. Drew impression? Yeah. <laughs> so call us at 402-819-4894 or click the call now button on the Facebook page. And if you can't be there live, leave a message or send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com like so many lovely people did last week. Yeah, it was great. It was.
0: It's spotlight review time in the Ziggurat, where Joe and I are celebrating a thousand years of Marvel Comics! Wow! With a special tag team review of Marvel 1000. They don't look a day over 80.
1: <laughs> Joey, why don't you
0: lead us in the birthday chorus?
1: Here we go. Marvel Comics 1000 from Marvel Comics, written by Al Ewing and Various, art by Various. It's 96 pages for nine ninety-nine, which is a puzzler because they're also doing... Marvel Comics 1001, I guess. Which is also 96 pages for 5.99, so something is a typo. Hmm. <laughs> Here's your solicit. The greatest talent ever assembled for one story! This is the big one! One
0: story being the key there.
1: Yeah, yeah. In celebration of Marvel's blah, 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 we assembled these luminaries, blah, blah, blah. There is a mystery that threads throughout the Marvel Universe, one that has its origins in Marvel Comics number one, and which unites a disparate array of heroes and villains throughout the decades. What is the Eternity Mask, and who is responsible for the conspiracy like he of says, Eternity? Eternity. <laughs> and who is responsible for the conspiracy to keep it hidden? And what new player will make their startling debut as these secrets are peeled away? Okay, so let's- featuring the entirety of the Marvel Universe of characters. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk That's about a false statement. D-Man was not in this comic. No, D-Man
0: was not here. I don't think Squirrel Girl was there either, was she? I don't. I didn't see her. I don't think she was. Yeah. I don't think Mr. Fantastic was there either. Oh, no, he was there. He was in one panel.
1: There was definitely the
0: thing, right? Herbie wasn't fucking there, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Um, Regardless, we could do that all day. Yeah. Let's talk about the overriding mystery that Al Ewing was setting up. All right. Because that is arguably the most interesting part
1: of this. For sure. And was actually pretty cool. Yes. So here, I've got some notes here. Each page highlights a year of Marvel history starting in 1939. Uh, except for when it doesn't. We'll come back to that. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> uh, Alluring Al story, like you said, is kind of the glue that binds everything together, uh, focusing on, at first, a group of mysterious scientists and later Jimmy Wu and his compatriots, uh, who are tracking the mystical artifact that the scientists were after that has been passed down through the years. And it which, should be said, this is all real stuff.
0: The Dark Avenger, the Thunderer, like, this is Yes, not but
1: the Eternity Mask stuff, this is all kind of a yeah. new. This is a new thing kind of hammered onto the existing framework. They're playing off of that yes. Black Mask thing. Right, like, uh, lots of characters had a plain like, playing-looking right, Black Mask. Back in the day. Uh Yes, so the Eternity mask, it's a mask that makes the wearer the perfect physical match of whatever foe they face. So if you are just some schlub and you put on the mask, when Captain America comes in the room, you can totally fight Captain America. What if I'm like, I'm going to
0: beat that baby up and I put it on? Damn, I just like a little stronger than that baby, but much weaker than I normally am. I actually
1: think it's addressed in the comic. It doesn't take you below your baseline.
0: Okay, gotcha. So I could still whip that baby's You could ass. totally whip that baby's <laughs> <All> ass. <right. laughs>
1: uh the important
0: stuff that we talk about on this yes. show. <laughs> uh,
1: so Wu's group has taken up the chase from the scientists and the mystery men that were on the trail. Uh, and it's this enclave. It's the enclave, which uh, is a known thing in Marvel Comics. Right. The guys uh, that
0: created Adam Warlock.
1: Right. So these scientists uh, kind of evolved into the enclave. They've had a huge impact on the Marvel U. They're still sort of around in the background. They called themselves the X's. Well, there were the three X's, right. which I thought were the investigators. I thought it was a porn
0: thing. Maybe could be
1: triple X, mm.
0: Mm. or a Vin Diesel thing. Yeah, yeah, it might or have a been a Vin bad thing, ice, or an ice cube, cube thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: What if it was a Vin Diesel ice cube porno thing? Mm, I know some people that could really get into that. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. yeah. The story beats tie together loose pieces of Marvel continuity like Project Rebirth, which created Captain America, being conducted by the same organization responsible for the creation of the supernatural Dark Avenger. Which is neat. AKA the Thunderer. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Suddenly, though, uh, we're in the present day. Instead, and instead of showing us the original Citizen V on the 1942 page, we see a scene with the current Citizen V, Roberto da Costa, yes. aka Sunspot. And what is going on there? So he is working with Wu, right, to investigate this biz. When did he become Citizen V? Uh, that was during like U.S. Avengers. You remember that? Uh, that stuff. When he bought after like,
0: Hickman's, he bought AIM or whatever. He bought AIM, he right? Bought AIM. Yeah. The I didn't know him worked like that, but you know.
1: Yeah, you know. The same thing happens on the 1943 page with America Chavez instead of the original Miss America. Mm-hmm. It's not that the pages are bad, but up until that point, we were like doing kind of a linear progression. Yes. And it kind of throws the pace off of the story.
0: I more than kind of throws it off. It's just like, oh, is that what
1: we're doing now? And then right. nope, we're
0: back to what we were doing but, now. And
1: <laughs> then but then from there, it happens like that throughout the issue. And then some pages are just completely disconnected from Ewing's narrative, right? All together. Like I remember, they were like, "Yes, it's going to be one complete story told in one page." That increments. is what they said, and, and they're going to work. Not what they're going to they
0: work with different like creative groups, and they're all going to build on this story. Al Ewing's going to start it, provide the structure. They're going to build on it. They're like, "Nope, origin of Thor. Nope, origin of Iron Man. Nope." Yep. Remember that time when uh, Captain America was frozen? That sucked. Moving <laughs> right along, <laughs> right, you yes. know, like that. What exactly. does that have to do with exactly. anything?
1: <laughs> There's also a subplot about a mystery figure interviewing different characters but it's not apparent that that's what's going on at first and until the end of the issue you like you get to that point you're like oh yeah what was that
0: so is that is the character that's back in action is
1: it night thrasher no no the character that was doing the interviewing is well okay spoilers for the last couple pages i guess yeah whatever uh the character that was doing interviews with all these other characters was the person that Put on the Eternity mask at the end.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Because uh, so the, the that was new, not
1: very- Am I crazy or was that or not real
0: clear at first?
1: N- the interviewing stuff was not clear at okay. first. But Night Thrasher's role to me was clear. He is working with Jimmy. Still as a skateboard. He yeah, a skateboard. That's fucking dumb. Which
0: I was <laughs> thrilled by. It's so dumb. In my notes, I was like, still has the goddamn
1: skateboard, exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point. But yeah, so this, this thing about the character interviewing other characters is totally ignored by the majority of the other creators. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about some highlights. Uh, for me, I liked... Uh, Blades, like, weekly schedule. That was great. Uh, by Nick Bradshaw yeah, and Jim there,
0: Zub. There were some really cute ones. Um,
1: I thought the Loki thing that Kieran Gillen yeah, and Dougie Braithwaite does was v- really interesting. Uh, I would very much enjoy a She-Hulk series by Rainbow Rowell and Chris Anka.
0: That was adorable. The uh, the Thing by Saladin, uh Ahmed and Steve Rude. I'll just, I love Steve Rude. Unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. Guy's a jackass. I love him. Uh,
1: I, It was great to see, like, legends like Walt Simonson and George Perez, even if it was only for a page. Those pages were beautiful.
0: Lord and Miller did the uh, Spider-Man thing where he's, like, calling. He's like, I've been bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> yeah. He, like, calls the university or whatever. He's like, I've been bitten by a radioactive spider. And, and they're like, oh, do you have eight arms? No. What about eight legs? No. You're shooting uh, web fluid out of your abdomen? No. But uh, I did just invent these amazing, where It's like, sounds like you got bit by an engineer, right? <laughs> Like, and then, like, and it turns out to be Doctor Octopus, and yeah. he's like, well, "I don't know, it doesn't sound so bad. Why don't you sell that web fluid thing? You can make a shitload of money." It's like the stuff that we have always said.
1: That's right, yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, there's another great Spidey story by Brad Meltzer and Julian Totino Tedesco. It was really good. Not named after the pizza. Uh, as, far you, as, as far as says you. As far as we know, uh, it made me tear up. It was, it was really great. It was really good. Uh, there's a speedball page, which oh, I loved. Get out of here. Uh, I did like I was just sort of bouncing around the yeah, page. Yeah, when, uh, when like, speedball. Like sometimes it's just his head up in the corner. Yeah. It's like, ah. When speedball was first created, he had no control over his power. Right. He could not
0: just he couldn't control where he was going. And he was named after a mixture of heroin and cocaine for some reason. Yes. And I don't. Uh, uh,
1: let me do a quick. Let me do a real quick look. Uh, a surprising creative team worked on that speedball page. So, the Speedball page was done by Ed Brisson, Jordi Belair, and Jorge Fornes, who is an amazing artist that's yeah. been doing fill-in work on Batman. I'm like, I can't believe that Jorge Fornes drew Speedball. <laughs> yeah. He
0: wanted to draw a Speedball bouncing around. Uh,
1: there was a Young Avengers reunion by Alan Heinberg and Jimmy Chung that He's was really cute. super great. Uh, I was thrilled by Night Thrasher showing up and kind of being in the brain trust with uh, Jimmy Woo and the Blue Marvel as they became the new version can't have of the, the 3Xs. He can't have the skateboard. He had it, baby. So Deal with it. So dumb. Uh, and then the Steve McNiven Silver Surfer page was giving off some serious Mobius vibes. Oh, yeah. Big old time. Big time. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in here, and there are other pages we didn't mention that are also great. There are a few, though, that stood out as very terrible. The
0: Damage Control page by Adam F. Goldberg wrote it fine, whatever. But Adam... Richie, he's Adam Rich's. He it does like sort of a weird, sh- super like,
1: like air airbrushed on the side of a van uh, style painted but art, but it's like over
0: actual photography. You can tell, and it's just It's terrible. Bad. Uh, I oh, thought bad.
1: the Darth Vader, Conan, and Miracle Man pages were all good, but they felt totally out of place. They had
0: nothing to do with this. And speaking of things that were out of place, if Al Ewing is going to be the architect. Of the overriding story that's going through this, then when you put Al Ewing on a White Tiger page that has nothing to do with the story, yeah, it's weird. That it, it sure throws you off a little bit. I was like, "Well, wait, a minute. I read it like three times." I was like, "Am I missing something?" Right? Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? I, saw, I noticed that
0: just today when <laughs> I was taking notes. Why is the notes? White Tiger even there? Don't get me wrong; I like the White Tiger, but give me yeah. a break. <laughs> there was a really great page. Uh Jason Aaron and Goran Parlov did a really fun, like Punisher Wolverine thing. Oh yeah, where the they, albums, like, they love baths. They both find out they like taking baths.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we're talking about. About bad shit now. Yeah. Uh, of the thousands of legendary creators that have worked for Marvel, why did we get a story about Doctor Doom being real sad? By let me check my notes. Donald Mustard. Donald Mustard. Who is Donald Mustard? I'll tell you who Donald Mustard is, Matt. He is not a board game character. Uh, he sure? is the creative director of the company that makes Fortnite. Dude. Donald Mustard wrote and drew that page. No, I, got I it. saw him talk about it on Twitter. It is garbage. The art is. Garbage. It's bad. It's so it's bad. It's very bad. Uh, and then the last really bad thing that I wanted to point out, it's not really bad, it's just curious. Uh, the only notable thing that happened in Marvel Comics in 2003 was manga artist Kia Asamiya signing on to draw Chuck Austin's X-Men. Yeah, that's Why it. Why would you invoke that? Because they wanted to get the manga kids excited. Yeah, do guess. a page about Marvel Mangaverse then. Something. I don't know. Uh, so the issue ends with a cliffhanger. A couple of cliffhangers actually teasing yeah. the fate of the Eternity Mask and the return of a classic Avengers villain.
0: I gotta say the Rob Ufield cable thing. That was cute.
1: Uh, I, there was a Jeff Lemire page where it's like the origin of all cable scars. That was yeah. pretty fun too. Was cute. Uh, overall, I mean, I enjoyed reading it. It's an impressive achievement. It's an yeah. impressive gimmick. And there's some really neat pages, like the Chris Claremont, Salvador Larocca thing tickled me. No, it did not. Oh yeah, with with Rogue just randomly playing the flute. Yeah, I don't know what that's <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's also completely disjointed, and it didn't leave much of an impression. Yes. Uh, I I'm mean, I am interested in the larger story Ewing is. Telling and its connection to Marvel history, but I almost wish it would have been the sole focus.
0: I have a better idea. Do this as a one-page thing in the back of any book that these characters might fit into as a part of your Marvel 80th birthday. You mean all the random ones? Stick the you yes. know, like this is an X-Men one. This yeah, is right. a, a Blade with the Avengers or whatever. Yeah. But like, if I'm if I'm a kid or not a kid, I am a nerd that likes comics. I spent ten bucks on this. I don't feel great about it. I got to give it... My rating is a skimming. I'm giving it a skimming as well. Like, not a failure rating means, a lot of fun stuff happening here, but there's no reason this couldn't have just been extra shit in the back of your Marvel right. comic that celebrates her birthday. And then, hey, give us one book that's or like... Or a series about the masked writer. Yes. yeah, Yes, because that was way more interesting. And when you put it next to all this extraneous shit, it's easy to forget about it. Yes. Or not care about it. Either.
1: Right. And you just like... And it didn't help the fact that the first several pages were devoted to the mystery yes. before they started doing the random so stuff. So get the ball rolling, and then we'll pick up the ball real quick, because we're going we're gonna
0: to talk about She-Hulk. Okay, roll that ball again. Or like, and then remember when Thor was born? Okay, the ball is
1: back. <laughs> oh here's, a, here's a text piece about a Marvel UK character you've never heard yeah, of. Yeah,
0: I looked at that for a long time, and I was like, Nope. (laughs) Nothing. Sorry. I
1: mean, they did do interesting things. Like, they tried to do interesting...
0: I'm not saying don't do that. It's fun that they're touching on all this stuff, but why not make it all work with the overriding story? Yes. Like you said, it was going to.
1: So, we talked about this on Cover to Cover last week. Fuck the... We read it. Take out all the other stuff. Take
0: out all the extraneous shit. Even the stuff I liked. I don't care. And take those weird characters, like the White Tiger, like Marvel UK guy... Whoever that was, Night Raven or some shit I don't even remember the name And make them part of this weird story And suddenly I'm interested in them And I might want to check it out Right. I really like and
1: Al Ewing. He's good at that. I, I think your idea of putting the character-centric pages as a special yeah. in the back of their existing books is a great yes, idea. Absolutely. I don't know what you would do with, like, there's a Speedball page and there's a Night Thrasher page. Like, those have to have a home somewhere. But, I mean, like, we have like, an Alpha Flight one-shot thing. Sure, where right, done, yeah.
0: Like, that one page with the Vanguard and everything. I mean, yeah. like, why
1: not? Right. Uh, but yeah, like we said on Cover to Cover, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. I don't regret reading it. No. I, I'm glad I didn't have to buy it. It's a solid skim. It.
0: Yeah. So that is a double stole it from Marvel 1000. Stop it. We'll post our... <laughs> So that is a double skim it for Marvel 1000. And normally we post our written reviews over to it at nerd.com, but this was more of a conversation because there's the book itself is kind of review proof. Yeah. Yeah. If one is 96 pages long. And two, there's so much like just weird extraneous pages that were in there that we just had to kind of go, what?
1: Yeah. Thinking? It's just, it's the sort of thing you kind of just have to wrap it It was up. good
0: in principle. Good an idea. Just didn't quite work. Of course, we want to know what you thought of Marvel 1000. So please hit us up this weekend on THN cover to cover at its new time from 11 a.m. to Noon Central Standard Time Nerds, I am super excited to inform you that we once again have someone dumb enough to sponsor this show
1: What a fool
0: His name is Jonathan Sims I you've, mean,
1: what a great guy
0: <laughs> You've heard us talk about him He's the creator of Floating Bunnyhead Comic Books And the forthcoming official THN t-shirt We did it, you guys It's all happening We did it
1: you can check out John's shop at skelinot.com for Snack Attack, the coloring book. It's got a bunch of food based monsters. It's gross and it's awesome.
0: Sounds disgusting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's got t shirts, he's got comics, he's got enamel pins, like his brand spanking new Raptor tail grab pin, which is available now. It's a cartoon velociraptor with a backwards ball cap doing a tail grab on a skateboard. Holy shit! He's got a magnificent, flowing, lush beard. He sells great art prints, T-shirts. I said that. beard is not for sale. I said that, too. (laughs) Beard not for sale. (laughs) Step off, you guys, creepos. Joe Patrick, how do I spell Skeleonaut? Skelinaut is spelled S-K-E-L-E-N-A-U-T-D-O-T-C-O-M. Thank you. Skelinaut.com.
0: Appreciate that last part. That was good. Thank you.
1: Thanks, John. We appreciate your sponsorship. (laughs) Huge thanks. Go
0: throw money at John. He's a great guy. He's throwing money at us. We couldn't appreciate that more. And watch for the upcoming official THN T-Shirt news. Oh, my God.
1: It's fantasy season again, and Matt and I have just entered the draft room where we'll be picking our Avengers roster. Matt. What's your first pick? I'm gonna go with
0: Tigra because I think she's gonna have a real bounce back season.
1: I think you're reaching there, buddy, but I'll be happy to scoop up Stingray, who I read had a great off season and healed nicely after that cape tear in the playoffs. That was brutal, bro. The clock is ticking, Matt. So make your picks while we review ten more of this and last Wednesday's new comics during the ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed. Go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Alpha Flight True North one-shot from Marvel. This is another of the recent Marvel one-shots that revisit old titles and usually old creative teams too, but not here. I don't think this was related
1: to the anniversary. I think they just said, hey, Canadians. Yeah, hey, Canadians want to do a
0: thing? Yeah, Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, It's all new creators telling three different Alpha Flight stories. First, writer Jim Zub and artist Max Dunbar reunite Snowbird with her father and Talisman is along for the ride. Then, Jen McKay tells a heartbreaker featuring Puck coming to grip with the sins of his ancient youth with appearances by Fat. Cobra and Ulysses Bloodstone Love it Why don't I have a puck Give book? me that book Give me, that, me book. that book puck Give me, me that book Now And finally the Hudson's reunite But all of them Is not what it seems In this Ed Brisson story That definitely like Ended on a cliffhanger I love this one shot And would love to see Any of this team Or all three of them Take over I'm giving this Alpha Flight One shot to Buy It And asking Marvel Please give a Canadian Super team a chance
1: Will ya hey, It was great Buy it Batman Superman Number one From DC David Marquez jumps ship from Marvel to DC, and I had no idea how badly I wanted to see him draw these characters until it was right in front of me. It was very pretty. His Superman and Batman are absolutely perfect, Alejandro Sanchez's moody colors create great atmosphere, and this book is beautiful as a result. Writer Joshua Williamson does his best with the edgelord nonsense that is the Batman who laughs, but he also has a great handle on the title characters and what makes their friendship and partnership tick. I'm giving Batman Superman number one a buy it, but I will be glad when the evil Batman stuff is finally over. I'm giving a skim it because the art was excellent. I just don't
0: know if Joshua Williamson is the guy to do this. Why? Or maybe the guy to make me care about it. How's that? I don't care um, about the evil Batman stuff. Okay. Fine. Battle Pug number one from Image. Mike Norton's story of Conan, if he wrote a giant pug, returns in regular series format and just in time to start this year's war on Christmas. You'll see what I'm talking about when you read it. All the fun of the webcomic is here as Norton and co-writer Alan Pasalacqua. Re- I don't think he's a co-writer. I think he is the colorist. He's listed as co-writer and colorist. Oh, my. I'm so there corrected. you go. All right. And you can put his name in almost any Red Hot Chili Peppers song. <laughs> what I got, I got to give you Pasalacqua. <laughs> revisit. All the fun of the webcomic is here and Norton and co-writer Alan Pasalacqua revisit The Last Comundian and his pug steed traveling the wastes and riding wrongs along with some old familiar friends, including the little redhead Kid that cusses all the time. Yeah. I love that kid. <laughs> Norton writes as well as draws the hell out of the story with cartooning chops that harken back to Alex Toth's animated work. If Marvel's new Conan is too serious and you're looking for fantasy with a heart and a sense of humor, look no further than Battle Pug. Number one, you don't need to have a pug of your own to love it, but if you do, you'll love it even more. I'm giving it a buy it. it Legion good. of the Superheroes. Millennium number one. From DC. From
1: DC. (laughs) The newly rebooted Legion may have made their first appearance in last week's Superman, but their official return to prominence begins here. That said, we don't actually get any Legion action in this issue, which instead focuses on the mystery immortal working her way through DC's various futures. Uh, I was surprised to find out who it was, but if you're reading Bendis' work, you'll get it. A host of A-list artists join writer Brian Michael Bendis on the journey. It's a lot of fun, even if the timeline doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It seems unlikely that humanity would suffer a great disaster like in Commandy and then bounce back so incredibly well that it would lead to the future of the Legion of Superheroes.
0: Well, I mean, it happened to Conan and his peeps. They died, and Earth started all over. I mean, over, a thousand you know? years is a long time.
1: Sure. So, okay. Come it's on. just, yeah. But, like, it, it's also, like, so, present day, Batman Beyond, got it. After Batman Beyond, the world gets destroyed. Yeah. Commandiverse with yes. talking lions and shit. Okay. What's not to get? Uh, and then the very next thing you see is Tommy Tomorrow yeah. with flying cars and all sure. sorts of stuff. Yes, things got better. All right, okay. <laughs> all right. At, look at Detroit. Remember how fucked up that place was? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And all we needed to give them was a couple of robot cops, and everything's fine yeah, now. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, regardless, I had a blast reading this, and I'm thrilled about the return of the Legion. Millennium number one gets a buy it. Vampirella Red Sonia number one from Dynamite. Move over, Bats and Soups. There's a new Dynamic Duo in town, and they just
0: got their first monthly series written by Eisner Award-winning colorist Jordi Bel Hey! Much like Christopher Priest's new Vampirella series, we get a much more intelligent and empowered vampy in 1969 on the trail of a Yeti in Russia. Just what we've always wanted, right? Or at least the locals think it's a Yeti. Drew Moss kicks ass oh, on Drew our. Drew Moss hair. is great, totally. I'm, I'm great. gonna read this. Beck Becca Carey does this cool thing with the narration boxes where she adds, like, play, stop, and record buttons to illustrate that Vampy is, like, taking audio notes on the case. This was smart. It was very well written and a lot of fun. I love Dynamite putting the smart edge and quality creators on their bad girl books. And the Vampy Sonia number one gets a buy it. All right. Going to the chapel
1: number one from Action Lab Danger Zone. Spencer and Locke creator David Peepoz is back with this Tarantino esque crime thriller. Reluctant bride and heiress to a financial empire, Emily Moore, has her wedding stormed by bandits that are more than they appear. Peepoz's script is fast paced, it's got snappy dialogue. Artist Gavin uh, Gidry and colorist Liz Kramer deliver some nice visuals with expressive facial expressions. And, expressive expressions, that's what I said. Expressive facial expressions. Yep, and got it. cinematic layouts. Going to the Chapel is another fun series inspired by pulpy crime films we love so much. Uh, kind of a very Kill Bill at the beginning of Kill Bill Episode 1. Sure, sure. Uh, David Pepos, keep your eye on that guy. I'm giving it a buy it. Red Range, number one from
2: It's Alive.
0: Keith Lansdale, son of Joe Lansdale, picks up where his father and late artist Sam Glansman left off in 1999. Mm. A masked gunman saved a child from a KKK lynching and ends up riding a raft to an ancient world in the center of the earth. High, high premise here. It's a real land the time forgot Western with a badass black hero and dinosaurs. Someone named Jock, that's J-O-K, not J-O-C-K, is on art and does a great job with a very loose style that reminds me of Eduardo Rizzo's work. This was definitely a continuation of a previous work which appears to still be in print and available in Comixology, but I had no problem following the story. If you dig pulpy Western sci-fi, you'll have a good time with Red Rage. I'm giving it a buy it. Someone is killing the children. Number one from Boom.
1: Good luck getting a first print of this, by the way. For some reason, it's sold out, and it's crazy hard to find. It's sold out of four printings so far. The new horror series from writer James Tinian the Four and artist Werther Del Edera is in such high demand, like we said, that it is sold out of several printings at Diamond. Why? And I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, The new Kieran Gillen book, uh, uh, Once in the Future, same thing. Uh, and it has been promoted from a mini to an ongoing before the first issue even hit stands it's got a dash of Buffy, a pinch of it and a gallon of nightmare fuel bringing this creepy story to life the visuals from Deletera and colorist uh, Mikhail Muerto are wonderfully unsettling and Tinian's script is full of both humanity and brutal tension I totally get why demand for something is killing the children number one has been so high it's kind of ridiculously high but it is very good right. and I'm giving it a huge buy it Midnight Vista, number one from Aftershock. Fans of alien abduction stories,
0: pay attention, because writer Elliot Rahal is hitting all the right beats here. A young kid disappears in the 90s and reappears 17 years later. The feds and the family are flabbergasted. The men in black show up. There's even a nod to the AM radio paranormal talk show coast to coast with Art Bell that I used to listen to before the Illuminati lizard people that run the world murdered him. Excellent art here by Clara Meth, who puts some real disturbing emotion in her panels. She's got an almost Richard Corbin, but cleaner quality to her art that's very visceral and three-dimensional. Midnight Vista did its UFO homework, and it gets a it. Does the kid
1: come back in a really shiny silver ship with a funny-talking alien?
0: No, it comes back nude. Ugh. Yeah, they just cover him running around naked. Yikes web of black widow number one from marvel the recently finally um, she's shooting webs out of her butt
1: <laughs> <laughs> the recently resurrected natasha romanov is back trying to right the wrongs of her past writer jody hauser and artist steven mooney have a much better handle on what makes natasha tick than the team on her last series yeah which was not why good. didn't you just do this don't It know. seems so obvious Mooney's ultra-noirish style is especially suited for this super spy tale. The two-page spread of Natasha literally dancing her way through an army of thugs is breathtaking. Of course, the Widow's plans may ruffle some feathers, so a confrontation with her Avengers teammates seems inevitable. Web of Black Widow number 1 is a great first issue that does the character justice, I'm giving it a buy it. You gotta crack a few spider eggs to make a spider omelette, am I right? Uh, No! Don't serve me that! (laughs)
0: That is your ludicrous speed round, and BITE is the sound of King Shark chomping into Fuerza's arm, as seen in the pages of The Flash. Number 77, this onomatopoeia of the week, was submitted by Dan G via Twitter. He sounded like a rapper. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, take a bite out of any of our social media accounts with it, or you can send an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Didn't he do
1: Regulator? Dan G and Nate Dog regulator.
0: It was Warren G, and he's dead.
1: No, Nate Dog is dead.
0: Nate Dog is dead, just like I said. <laughs> Rest his soul. <laughs> Last weekend, while watching the new joyful and visually stunning Netflix Dark Crystal series, I learned a dark secret about a man that I thought I knew. This isn't easy to say aloud. But young Joe Patrick didn't like the Dark Crystal. And that behavior seems to have carried through to some serious problems in his adulthood. So I've invited Joe to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we won't be judging him, but I've gathered a group of pod people and gelflings for a Dark Crystal intervention. But, before we get into the heavy stuff, Joe, again, no one's accusing you. Why don't we just start off with some light discussion of our must-read picks for next week. I don't
1: feel comfortable being here. I don't like it. It's not our
0: fault that you're a fucking monster. Now,
1: what's your <laughs> pick for next week? You weren't judging me. <laughs> My pick is... I'm trying not to judge you. <laughs> <laughs> My pick for next week is Trees, Three Fates, number one from Image Comics, written by Warren Ellis with art by Jason Howard. 24 pages for three ninety-nine. No ads, though. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's basically what you get in a Marvel comic. You get 20 yeah. in a Marvel comic. If you're lucky. Here's your solicit. The acclaimed series from writer Warren Ellis and Jason Howard, which is currently being adapted for television, returns with a brand new story of murder and ghosts. I wasn't going to read it until I heard about that TV thing. I know. In the remote Russian village of Tosca, there's a dead body by the leg of the tree that landed 11 years ago. Police Sergeant Clara Voronova, still haunted by that day, has no idea how this murder will change everything, nor what awaits her in the tree's shadow. Trees is
0: so cool. It's so creepy.
1: It's it's just
0: it's i mean it is about the weirdest thing in the world where these giant like pylons pylons basically land on the earth and, and they extend all the way into space yeah they go way up and nobody knows what they're for and every and th- from there humanity flips shit and it is the story of basically like what happens to society when some unexplained thing happens that refuses to explain itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, it's great. I'm glad it's coming oh, back. I can't wait to see the show, too. Yes. It's perfect for TV. Yes. Ooh. Matt, what's your
0: pick? My pick for next week is Gotham City Monsters, number one from DC, written by Steve Orlando with art by MNK Noahulpan. 32 pages for $3.99. I just got to see what happens, okay? I love Steve Orlando. Team of monster fighters. Yeah. Here is your solicit. Leviathan has dismantled Shade And that means Frankenstein Is once again a free agent Now he can set his sights on his former Mentor, Melmoth The one evil that got away Aside from Dr. Frankenstein, I guess But, you know, anyway, with The guy that made him? Really? Do we have to do this? I mean, he he did. Do we need to do this? I
1: mean, he was just a guy. He's dead.
0: This may be Frankenstein's last shot at setting things right. Of course, Melmoth has his own agenda, and it's going to take more than a lone monster to take him down. So, Frankenstein heads to Gotham City in search of allies and recruits Killer Croc, Lady Clayface- What? Orca, and a vampire, Andrew Bennett. But will even these dead creatures be enough to save humanity before the entire cosmos collapses in on
2: itself?
0: Yikes, I hope so. I love Steve Orlando. Yes. I love DC's Frankenstein. Yeah. I really like Killer Croc, too. I don't know if I need him on a team or why Frankenstein wants to work with him.
1: I vampire was real good. Everybody needs a bruiser.
0: Yeah. Right? Everybody needs a bruiser. Yep. This is going to be fun. And uh, I never say his name right. MNK. MNK. Nahuel Pan. Nahuel Pan or Nahuel Pan. I don't know. He kicks ass. Mm-hmm. He's super talented. So this is going to be wacky. It might not last long,
1: but I think it'll be fun. I think it'll it's last. a mini. But yeah. Uh, it doesn't say anything about that. I don't know. I'm I sure don't know. Patrick,
0: what? what is our trade of the week? All
1: right. The THN trade of the week goes to, wait, what? A comic book guide to relationships, bodies, and growing up. It's a graphic novel from Oni Press written by Isabella Rotman and Heather Corina, with art by Rotman. It's 80 pages for 1999. Is this book going to tell me how baby formed? Yes, probably. Oh, pardon me, How baby is for? How babby is for? It. It. <laughs> Here's your solicit. Join friends Malia, Rico, Max, Sam, and Alexis as they talk about all the weird and exciting parts of growing up. Ew. This supportive group of friends are guides for some tricky subjects, using comics, activities, and examples. They give encouragement and context for new and confusing feelings and experiences. Inclusive of different kinds of genders, sexualities, and other identities, they talk about important topics like bodies, including puberty, body parts, body image. Gross. Sexual and gender identity. Gross. Gender roles and stereotypes. I don't understand. Crushes, relationships, and sexual feelings. Whatever. Boundaries and consent. Boo. The media and cultural messages specifically around bodies and sex. Slow down there, nerd. How to be sensitive, kind, accepting, and mature. BS. Maybe you need to read it. (laughs) Where to look for more information, support, and help. I don't need no help. It's a fun and easy to read guide from expert sex educators that will give readers a good basis and an age-appropriate start with sex, bodies, and relationship education. The perfect complement to any school curriculum. This sounds awesome. If you have one in your school district. Yeah. Please buy this book for your children. Yes.
0: Because chances are, a lot of school districts would be like, I'm sorry, was there an SEX word on the cover? Oh, let's put that away. Don't do it, kids, or your wieners will fall off.
1: Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> this sort of thing is sorely needed in the education Absolutely. system. Absolutely. So, God bless them for putting it out. Uh, if you live in a place that just is not great about teaching this sort of stuff to your kids, you know how important it has to you be. Know,
0: or maybe you're not great. Like, you're not real comfortable talking sure. about it. Give them a book and say, hey, sit down. We can read this together. Maybe. or you can read it on your own and, and you it'll ask and me it'll questions. help you know how to broach the subject. Yeah, and you wanna ask me questions afterwards, whatever,
1: that's cool. Matt, you Matt, know. Matt, I got a question. How was Babby formed? These are just a few of the comics hitting the new shelves at your LCS next week, but we want to hear about how maybe you were a little weenie boy and the Skeksis were too scary. That is not what Uh the case was. Uh That was not the situation. admit it! We also want to know what you're excited to read, so head to the THN forums and let us know what you're reading, but also what you'd like to see us review on the show. And how is Babby formed? How is Babby (laughs) formed? Will somebody please tell me how Babby is formed? And don't forget to pre-order all of your picks each and every week. It's just the right thing to do. As I'm
0: sure you've heard, the King of the North, Kit Harington, will be joining the Marvel Universe. But he's not going to be the best there is at what he does. No! Sorry, Wolverine fans. He'll be playing the Black Knight in the upcoming Eternals movie. The Black who? You might be asking. Well... Good news, our very own comic historian and host of the Classics Comics Cavalcade podcast. He's so cute, Google transcripts call him Jason sexier sacks. And he's here
1: for the Black Knight
0: edition of Who the Hell is This Guy? What an intro. I'll tell you what. Wow.
2: Who the hell is that guy? Every day he just walks right by. Hi, I'm Jason Sachs, author of The American Comic Book Chronicles of the 1970s, 1980s, and 1990s. Welcome to another segment of Who the Hell is This Guy? The segment where I rummage around in comics history to tell you the story of a long-forgotten character who's about to become more famous. Recently, many of us were confused when we found out one of the main heroes of the upcoming Eternals film was an obscure good guy named The Black Knight. But actually it makes a ton of sense for him To be part of this movie Not only is he a pretty interesting character With a surprising connection to the Eternals But he's also an important bridging figure Between old school thinking And a more modern and tolerant world I'll get to that logical leap in a couple minutes But first let's set the stage The Black Knight was created in 1955 By Stan Lee I think you've heard of him And Joe Manili, you probably haven't heard of him. He was a very talented artist who was uh, Stan's third go-to guy behind Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, who unfortunately died a tragic death of alcoholism in the 1950s. There's a lot of great stories about him, and I'll probably do an episode of my classic comics cavalcade podcast about Manili at some point in the future. Manili was the artist on the short Live Black Knight series that ran for about five issues in the 1950s. It was reprinted in the Atlas Era Heroes Masterworks which you can probably find on eBay for a decent amount of money. And had this really cool kind of fine line style that was really great for the sort of heroic action stories. During that era, heroic stories like this were all the rage. The Black Knight was a crusader in the time of King Arthur, and DC's original Brave and Bold series exploited a lot of that same world at the time. As we find out in the 2016 Black Knight series, there are multiple generations of knights, a long line that goes all the way back to King Arthur, into the Crusades, and into more modern eras as well. Black Knight! Stan didn't forget the name after his 1955 failure, however, and revived the character of the Black Knight as a villain fighting Iron Man in the mid-1960s. But Stan and his protege Roy Thomas killed off the knight, passing his legacy on to a new person, a heroic figure named Dane Whitman, who ended up hanging out with the Avengers for a handful of pretty good 1960s adventures. There's great John Buscema art in those stories, especially, which just is fantastic. The Black Knight certainly looked like a hero with a full set of armor, a cool ebony blade, which he never used to kill anyone, of course, and a winged horse named Aragorn. Though the 60s were good to Dane, the 1970s and 80s frankly sucked for him. If there ever was a hero it sucked to be, it was Dane Whitman. First, he got turned into a living stone statue by the Enchantress. Then got better before he ended up wandering pointlessly on a quest through England to find Camelot. Then he realizes his many blade was cursed. And then, as if all that was enough, he got turned into a metal statue that started collapsing under its own weight before it was transported back to the 12th century, where he could live like a great crusader trying to save Camelot from evil menaces. Even his horse was passed on to the Valkyrie. The poor guy could just never catch a break. And as we find out in the 1996 Blight Knight One-Shot, he spent five years inhabiting his progenitor's body, embarking on crusades to Jerusalem to fight non-believers. And then, when he comes back to live on Earth and joins the Avengers, he joins the lamest, worst set of Avengers ever. The team written by Terry Cavanaugh between 1994 and 1996, in which the second stringers took center stage dane didn't have his sword or winged horse at the time instead he had a kind of lightsaber and a robot horse Woo-hoo, robot horses but he had kind of find love or at least a connection with an eternal named cersei the eternals witch like heroine cast a kind of joining spell on him called a ganjozin which forced a bond between the two while dane was trying to sort out his emotions and also going after hot near divorcee crystal but that's a whole different story so it was kind of this weird kind of very fucked up relationship that he had with this woman who was way more powerful than he was who had this power to control his mind and somehow control his body as well and he tried to resist it was very sick and interesting in ways that are, didn't quite appear on the surface if i had to guess what dane's role will be in the eternals it would be that as kind of an unwilling vessel for a nearly all-powerful witch and if so that could be really intriguing Anyway, while they were bonded, the knight and Cersei had a few adventures together. They wandered into the peril adventure of the Ultraverse and discovered the origin of X-Men villain Exodus on a journey back to the 12th century. <sighs> Eventually, through mechanisms too dumb and convoluted to explain here, Dane was freed from Cersei's influence and became kind of an itinerant hero. He was part of the Heroes for Hire in the late 1990s, popped up in Paul Cornell's Captain Britain, NMI 13, in the late 2000s. In that series, he was an American in England, helping Pete Wisdom and team fight mystic menaces. There, he becomes involved in a heroine named Faiza Hussain, a wonderful character who helps redeem Dane from his crusading ancestors, and also who uh, allows him to kind of gain more three-dimensionality, to give up his costume and just wear a jean, shirt, and a helmet, and kind of just become this much more well-rounded figure. In that series, it's also revealed that he has a heart made of stone, but in the final issue of the series, spoilers for a book that came out uh, about a decade ago, um, Faisal was able to change his heart to real heart. So like the lion in the Wizard of Oz, he is able to actually have a real heart. Most recently, the Black Knight was the star of a 2016 mini that appeared post-Secret Wars, in which he was anointed a kind of king of a section of the weird world before the uncanny Avengers came to topple him off his throne. Sadly, Faisal was not part of that series, and she was sorely missed. When they talk about how Marvel has something like 2,000 intellectual properties that can be exploited in Hollywood, they're talking about nobodies, like the Black Knight. Sorry, Dane, it's true. But as we've seen with the Guardians of the Galaxy, sometimes nobodies can explode in popularity. It's about time the Z level hero received star billing in Hollywood. Thanks for listening.
0: That is it for THN, 542 and 543 might be in danger after the internet's legion of Kit Harrington fans get a hold of us. Joey, before you take your turn guarding the wall, why don't you ask these nerds a new question
1: of the week. This week's question was submitted by Phil Lee via the THN forums. Hey nerds, I recently had a dream where the god of movies came to me and said... In a booming Morgan Freeman voice There's a great unbalance In the realms of movies I have chosen you comic nerd To restore balance Now you must in turn choose One title Outside the grand trinity Trinity Outside the grand trinity God, Marvel DC and Image This is why I'm an atheist Yes it counts Deserving of translation. Personally, I'd love to see Jim Starlin's Dreadstar writ large. Stuff Charlie Hunnam into a hooded tunic. Fuck yeah. And press go. <laughs> okay, I'm back on your side, God. Alas, I am but the God of movies. You now have the power. Choose wisely. This is back to Phil. Okay. It freaked me out, and I feel pressured to have an answer when and if he comes back, but he stole mine right out of my dream. Phil and I, we love us some Dredtar. You love you some Charlie Hunnam. That's right. Help, I am open to suggestions. So, in case you, like, were too hypnotized by the God voice... Pick a comic property that is not Marvel, DC, or Image that you would think is deserving a big screen treatment. And I want you to think about this.
0: Don't go in and pick something that's going to be way better served as a television show. Think of it like beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Works in a movie. You know what I mean? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. If you're new to the show and you're considering a valve celibacy, if it means you never have to hear us again, I assure you it's only because you haven't heard enough. The good news is... You can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box at 2 But hosting that many episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors like Jason Sachs, who not only donates to the show, he works for it too.
1: Man, what a guy. What an idiot. What, what an <laughs> idiot guy. Before we go, are we? Oh, uh, I did want to give a quick. Uh, side shout out to Todd McFarlane And his achievement of reaching Spawn 300 this week I read five pages of it oh, and God. I had to Stop yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it oh, boy! Uh, but before we go our Weekly shout out goes to Mark Stack And the diverse group of creators behind the Weekend Warrior He's Comics a magazine fan. Let's give him a Mighty Ducks quack back uh, The Mighty Ducks quack back goes to Todd McFarlane <laughs> yeah. Good job on Spawn 300 Um uh, the weekly shout-out goes to Mark Stacking and the diverse group of creators behind the weekly, uh, the Weekend Warrior Comics magazine. I read the first issue this week. It was super fun. Uh, they are kickstarting it right now, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you want to learn more and show your support. Word to you, warriors. You guys are doing a great job.
0: Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just go flying V on your ass. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. It's not scary.
1: <laughs> What? What? What?